the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and we're going to start off with something a little bit different. Now, I know we do occasionally sneak some sports stuff in because we both – Todd and I like watching sports stuff occasionally. We do. But we've got a – we actually have a movie tie-in to a sports thing this week. And I don't know if you saw this, Todd, because I, don't know I almost didn't. The Field of Dreams game. Yes. Oh, I I knew it was coming and I forgot about it. So I tuned in after it started. But luckily it was rebroadcast. So I taped it. So I've seen basically the entire game. But it, it was it was interesting. If you remember the movie Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner building and, a baseball field in uh, and, Iowa. And if, you, and if you don't remember the movie Field of Dreams, stop listening. Watch it right now. Come back. Yeah, there you go. We have a pause button. Um, basically, they recreated – well, actually, they didn't recreate the field. The original field is still there, but right. they made a major league uh, field in the adjacent field of corn and played a game between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees, the first major league game played in Iowa – uh, the players entered through the corn, kind of the way they did in the movie. Kevin Costner had a little speech to open it, which was kind of crap, but it's Kevin Costner. Yeah. And in my head, it worked. Um, it worked. Could have been better, actually, but it, but it worked. It, it, they, I, they had a voiceover. Like he needed the, I didn't hear your answer. No, 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 don't do that, Kevin. That, yeah, that, 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 was, that was bad, especially when his, his answer didn't match the film or the audience the crowd so that didn't really work that was the only part of it that didn't work for me but two voiceovers from james earl jones one from the film and one that they did for the game so major bonus yeah uh kevin costner talked a lot about the crew that created the film because they kind of acted like oh this was all you and he's like yeah not really (laughs) you know which is and, and as a society we kind of tend to do that I mean, we, we all focus on the lead actor or actress, and it's like, oh, they're the movie. And it's like, I mean, I try to remember to mention the directors of films and sometimes the writers, but they're the ones who create movies, and we kind of give that all short shrift. So kudos to Costner for talking about the writer and the director and, and his co-stars, because he, he good man. I feel bad now because I just realized in all of my notes for the stuff this week, I have written down no directors, no writers. I hardly ever do it either. I try to I try to think about it and then I forget about it. And that's just that's kind of how because they're not on the screen. So, you know, but yeah. I mean, that's one thing. That's one thing that James Earl Jones always gets credit for that speech is like he didn't write it. He always gets credit for it. He's not the author of it. it Awesome gets, delivery. Just because he said it really, really cool. Yeah, doesn't, yeah. Doesn't really count. I mean, that movie is brilliantly written. And the, the game amazingly lived up to expectations. That was a great freaking game. It really was. And incidentally, if you're curious, it was uh, this past Thursday, Chicago won 9-8. Spoiler. Yeah, bite me. It was last Thursday and it was a baseball game. You should have been watching anyway. Yeah, it's a regular uh, season game. The lead changed like 87 times, which, it, it, which only, is ridiculous. Only, 17, only only 17 runs, so it couldn't have happened, but it felt like that. Just and an all the excellent what, game. Seven, 7,000 home runs, all to right field. Whatever. Well, one. One didn't go to right field. But other than that, yeah, right field, as as Joe, I, I 
The only thing I didn't like about it that it was on Fox because yeah. Joe Buck, Joe Buck, please. But he did He's say better than like, Tim McCarver, but not by much. I'll get into that someday, and you'll go. You're right. Uh, my hair. Air is better than Tim McCarver. It's like he is one of the worst baseball <laughs> broadcasters ever. Jesus Christ! But anyway, game was the game was so good it overcame Joe Buck. That takes a lot. You know, you mentioned hair, and that actually goes into the next news story. Of course, I did because I, I'm not really sure why they're doing this, but they're made okay. Uh, apart from money, that's why they're making this. Uh, Cruella two. Yeah. I'd like it if they were making movies because they're stories that need to be told, not because Bob wants a new Mercedes yeah. or, or, you know, as, as we talked about when whatever. we talked about Cruella, why did they even make that? Let alone a sequel. Couldn't tell uh, you. Couldn't yeah. tell you. It's scary. Um, actually scary. Okay. Venom. Yes. See, there's a segue. Venom was – some people, they didn't really announce this. They just kind of put it in the trailer. Venom was delayed a month. It is now coming out October 15th, yep. which kind of makes sense because it's kind of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it's October where there's Halloween. So it, it does kind of make sense to have it come out in October. Yes. Um, it was delayed, of course, because uh, something about a, a pandemic. Something like that. Just saying. But uh, that also leads into another Marvel movie that's on its way, which is Shang-Chi. And it's not Shang. I've always been calling it Shang because it's got an A in it. I Uh, too. It it is is Shang-Chi, according to the two new teasers that came out. Yes. uh, That I didn't get a chance to see until about 10 minutes ago, which was (laughs) pro high Ted. Um, Damn it. You beat me again. (laughs) one One of the teasers I thought was interesting. Have you seen have you seen these yet? I have. I have seen them. I was I was uh, very interested to see the abomination in it. Mm-hmm. What? A, a, more, a more comic book accurate abomination, which is which I like. I, I approve. Yeah. Um, but that is still coming to theaters uh, in just a couple weeks, despite COVID. Yeah. Uh, and it is not getting a simultaneous release on Disney Plus. But no. what it is doing, it's a 45 day theater run. And then it'll come on Disney Plus uh, for as free as Disney Plus gets. There's not an extra surcharge on top of it. Which they've learned their lesson from getting their ass sued off by Miss ScarJo. Uh, So I'm really glad to see that 45-day window. That's a short window. That is. But but most of the people who want to go see the movie, COVID, be damned, they're going to go see it in 45 days. So oh, they're not really in, in like three. Yeah, exactly. At most. Exactly. So they're not really impacting the box office. They're they're servicing their Disney Plus subscribers because I'm a Disney Plus subscriber since day one Disney Plus came out and 45 day window. I'm very happy with that. I I'm, probably I'm good with it. I probably will go see it at the theater. Um, we'll talk about the theater experience in a little bit when we get to another review. Uh I'm inter- I'm I'm definitely going to watch Shang-Chi at some point. Uh one thing I don't I almost feel like they put the abomination in so it has a Marvel feel to it because it feels kind of disconnected from the Marvel universe to me from the trailers from the trailers right. which which is fine 
because everything doesn't have to be all super interconnected, but that's how everything has been for so long. That's what I'm used to. So this is just, ah, there's, there's, this is just about a guy. And, you know, and it's a big story and not, and yeah, of course it does tie in because the 10 rings and that whole, and basically the 10 rings created Iron Man, if you look at it that way, but yeah. it still, and it just feels much more like a standalone project, which is probably a very good thing. I'm excited for it though. I'm not as hyped for it as I was about for a few other stories, but definitely looking forward to it. Looks, looks good. Aquafina looks hilarious. So that fits the standard. We need some light. Uh, we need a light character because this is a Marvel film. Is like, yeah, perfect. Um, great cast. I mean, yeah. it just it looks like it's going to be really fun. I have a feeling that this is going to be better than the trailers, and the trailers look good. But I have a feeling that this is going to be a, a really solid. Well, it's a Marvel flick. When, since when do they not release solid flicks at at a minimum? So. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. Although I'm probably not going to do a theater run on it. I will wait for Disney Plus. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why you want the theater, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, I did watch something else on Disney Plus this week, though. I finally got around to uh, something I said I was going to review a while ago. Mm-hmm. The film's called Luca. It's about two mermaids on shore. It was made by Disney and Pixar. And yes, I think you've seen it before. <laughs> this review has been brought to you by Suzanne Vega. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Three people got that, and Ted's one of them. I don't know if Lee and Donna are listening this week. All right, so uh, seriously, it's about Luca, who's a he's a mer kid, a boy this time. Ooh, mer boys, fine, boy. whatever. And his friend, and they go, uh, they go on shore. And once they get on shore, oh look, they've got legs. Because if you're dry, you've got legs. But if they get wet, they turn into mare people again. Sure, why not? That's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. Um, but they go ashore because, ooh, human stuff. And for some reason, they are both absolutely obsessed with Vespas. <laughs> now this does seem to be set in Italy in about the 1950s and 60s when Vespas, the old Italian moped, if you don't know what I'm talking about, when Vespas were very popular. But damn, we didn't need an hour and a half Vespa commercial, um, which is almost what this movie turns into. Uh, They meet a girl named Maria who helps them through human stuff, even though she doesn't know that they're Mer kids. Uh, They meet her dad, who's a fisherman, which makes things a bit awkward. Um, I mean, it, seriously, it's it's a cute movie, and the kids will like it. But if you're over the age of twelve, you've seen this film. Um, it, it's it's basically it it's the Little Mermaid now with Vespas. I you know, I I want something new. Um, and th- this is not it. It's it's cute. It's well done. It's well acted. But damn, I've seen this before. Um, frequently. But, uh, you know, something else, and there is absolutely no segue for this at all whatsoever. Something I had not seen before. And I should have, because it's not like I didn't have an excuse, you know, not to see this. Because this movie came out in 1956, and I wasn't there yet. 
I actually got around to watching Forbidden Planet this week. Woo. And I did not realize two of the people who are in this. One of them is Leslie Nielsen. Indeed. In a non-comedic role. Uh, he's yeah. playing the captain of a spaceship that is exploring a planet where the Bellerophon, which is another ship, crashed 20 years ago. And he finds Dr. Morbius, played by a guy, I'm not making up the name, played by a guy named Walter Pigeon. A, a great Hollywood star of the He, 40s, he is. I never knew his 50s. name until I saw this and went, really? Anyway, we find Dr. Morbius and his daughter Altera, played by Anne Francis. More on her in a minute. And they're the sole survivors. And according to Morbius, the others were killed by something that no one ever saw. And then that thing stopped killing until now. Now, does this have anything to do with the Krell, which was a shampoo? No, that's that's not Krell. The Krell were the people who lived on the planet before. And they used to uh, they left this several thousand cubic square miles of machinery behind. So it might have something to do with that. A gigantic it, engine. It, it, it's huge. But uh, as for the movie, it's I'm, I'm going to leave that leave the movie part there if you haven't seen it watch it it's actually really good um i love this film this is a movie that i'm shocked that they have never remade because i'm glad it's they 1956 haven't. i'm glad they haven't too but i'm shocked they haven't because it's the perfect setup because they i mean they've remade the war of the worlds which is exactly the same time frame you know, yeah they've made they've remade a lot of 50s science fiction films and this is one of the best science this is one of the best science fiction films ever it's based on shakespeare's tempest and the acting is really good leslie nielsen is is he plays the character that he basically caricatured later on in his in his career when he turned to yeah. comedy but yeah i mean it's got a great cast it's the set design is fantastic has robbie the robot the first appearance of Robbie the Robot, who is a science fiction icon himself. The, the, it, it's the, the a beautiful film. Really good. I, I think even better than some of the ones we see today. And this came out in 56. Oh, yeah. yeah. The matte paintings are, are fantastic. I mean, they're, they're just beautiful scenes. It's, it's a very, it's a brilliant plot. If you haven't seen it, I mean, it's just like, wow, that's very interesting. How, just I, who, I do have who the Krell are. I really have one, only one real issue with it, and that is uh, Altaria, mm -hmm. who, Altaria. Uh, th these are the first males she's ever seen in her life apart from her dad. And she's kind of weirded out by it. And one of them, and I've forgotten which one, kisses her because yeah. she's never been kissed before. And she goes, that's it. I didn't feel anything. And then about 10 minutes later, she kisses Leslie Nielsen and all of a sudden, Click, oh darling, let's leave the planet together. I'm like, wow, really? That was that was quick. It's Leslie Nielsen. Come on now, he's the star. He's he was the he was the A-lister, so of course, yeah, that's that, how, yeah, that's what happened. They're with me, but they're, they're, that's not the point. <laughs> that was just a little bit of a quick turnover for me, and I was very disappointed in uh, disappointed in that. The rest of it's fine. My other thing, as I spent this whole movie looking at uh, Altaria, like I said, played by Anne Francis, who I was thinking she looks really familiar. And I'm going to throw the most bizarre review in right now. Um, Anne Francis, I recognized her from a Golden Girls episode called Till Death Do We Volley. 
<laughs> this is from season six. It is one of the best episodes of that series. And the Golden Girls is actually a really, most of the time, there are a few sad episodes, but most of the time, one of the most hilarious TV shows that's ever been made. Until Death Do We Volley is incredibly snarky and wonderful, and I highly recommend that, as well as Forbidden Planet. Luca, not so much. But, uh, yeah. There we go, Till Death Do We Volley. How That's just a bizarre ep- title for an episode, but it fits when you watch it. <laughs> I didn't so. realize this. The uh, Sheriff, Sheriff Roscoe and the Dukes of hazard he is actually in this film i didn't realize that until just now has a lot of people who popped up later on the tv but i didn't realize that he was actually in it oh yeah i it's just a break i just noticed that uh richard anderson yep from uh the six million dollar man is in it yep earl holloman he was in it who was in a lot of tv policewoman stuff like that it, it he was the a strong cat. 600 gallons of bourbon. Indeed. You're a real pal. Yeah, he, he's the comic relief. Such a good movie. That's just a great movie. I love Forbidden Planet. It, it, kind of odd, but yeah. I enjoyed it. So, anyway, you, uh, you saw something this week that, despite its title, was not as inexpensive as it claimed to be was it inexpensive well i'm guessing you went to a theater to see it i did go to the theater and it wasn't free although although since i have the regal uh, 54 cents for handling charges because it's included so i saw the 54 cent version of free guy um (laughs) this is this is a big summer blockbuster film in in a year that there are no big summer blockbusters because a lot of people aren't going to the theaters for valid reasons. Yeah. But if you want to see this movie, you got to go to the theater because this is not simultaneously released on HBO Max or Disney Plus or whatever. It would be Disney Plus eventually because this is from 20th century, which I don't know why they don't change it to 21st century because, you know, it's not an old movie. But this is... The most enjoyable movie to me by far of 2021. By far. I'm not saying it's the best movie of 2021, but absolutely, hands down, the most entertaining movie of 2021. I really like Black Widow. This crushes Black Widow as far as entertaining. Uh, Suicide Squad was fun. And got nothing. And got (laughs) nothing on this movie. This movie is brilliant. I mean, we talked about the way you should judge films is do they do what they set out to accomplish? You're not going to compare a movie like the green Knight to this film equally, but you can compare them as like, did they accomplish what they set out to do? Is this a serious film? Does it carry out its themes? Does this feel, does this other film entertain you to me? They both do their job equally. Although this one does its job even better. I can't imagine anyone going to see this film and not being entertained. If they remotely like big action films with a lot of humor, this this is absolutely fits the blueprint of a Marvel movie, but it's not a Marvel film. Although Disney owns it because they bought 20th Century Fox, and that's a very important thing. This is the payoff, by the way, later in the film, should say late in the film. We get the payoff for the fact that Disney bought 
Fox and all the properties because it pays off bigly in this film. And it is hilarious <laughs> twice, and I'm not going to give it away. But, oh, my God, it was one of the best moments. And if you could see his face, he'd like to give years. it away, but he's not going to. Yeah, this is one of the best moments in movies in, in a few years. It's a couple moments, I should say. So the plot is Ryan Reynolds plays a character named Guy, and he lives in Free City. Free City is a video game. It's one of these roam around, do your weird little gigs, world. earn points. Yeah, it's an open world thing. You have you have different tasks you have to do. You have quests and stuff, and you build up points. Thing is, he doesn't know that because he's an NPC, a non-playable character. He doesn't know that because the world he lives in, that's his world. It's real to him. Real players come in and interact with him, and he breaks the script he starts interacting the way he's not supposed to he goes off trip and the people in the real world real world are trying to figure out what's going on first they just think it's someone who's managed to use the skin of the npc and they're trying to find the player and they can't find the player and this is not a spoiler because this is the big plot point but whatever they realize that the npc ryan reynolds guy is becoming self-aware that he is growing and learning. The thing is, two characters actually wrote a wrote a game program. The bad guy in the film, played by Taika Waititi. You would think this is a Taika Taika Waititi film because it has absolutely has that vibe. He got nothing to do with it except he shows up in the movie and he's amazing. He's, he's hilarious as hell. They created this program where the AI. Would the, the NPCs would gradually become more and more intelligent. You just kind of watch them grow, kind of like The Sims, except you don't even really – you just kind of watch them. Well, he stole their code to make his game better and just turned it into this kind of regular kind of game. So they're pissed, but they can't prove it. So they're trying to prove that he stole the code. Meanwhile, they're help, the guy is kind of helping them, and one of the people starts having feelings for Guy, which she knows is really weird because she's real and he ain't. And she knows that, but he doesn't. Ryan Reynolds is spectacularly funny in this film. He is so, so damn good in this movie. This is the best I've seen him. I love the Deadpool films. He's better in this than he is in the Deadpool films. This is He's better in this than he is in his, in his Mint commercials, and he's awesome in those. This, this, I mean, honestly, this is, movie is freaking brilliant. For what it is, it's a brilliant, brilliant film because there's heart to it. Between Free City, the video game world, and the real world is like seamless. There's there's never any jarring transitions. It works absolutely perfectly well. It's a world of video games. They get the world of the gamers because there's some not so gentle lampoons uh, for certain gamers. A lot of there's a lot of cameos by some YouTubers that show up, which is pretty cool. There's a few other cameos that show up, which is very, very cool characters that you don't expect to see. Um, so basically, then Guy, of course, as you've seen from the trailers, and if you haven't seen the trailers, I, you're not listening to the show because Jesus Christ, everyone has seen these trailers. He has to save Free City, so that that's his task. He has to save the city, and he. That he goes off. He gets on this quest. And it's a pretty short quest by the time it starts. Um, he faces a final boss, which is hilarious. 
Absolutely hilarious. And again, this serves as a stab at the video game industry that constantly releases games that aren't quite ready, and then they send out patches that aren't quite ready. The final boss is not quite ready. And and, and Watiti totally admits it, that it's like, well, we got to do it. So he sends them out there, and I really want to ruin one of the things that he says, but I'm not going to just because it's so damn funny. But you'll... You'll have to watch. You'll have to watch it. And again, you're going to have to go to the movie theater to watch this. Now, I went to the movies Saturday to watch the movie. It was more crowded, which is a good sign for theaters, I guess, than than usually than the movies I've seen in the past. There was no one within 10 feet of me, however. So it still wasn't that crowded. And I was wearing a mask the entire time because I'm not going to take any. I mean, that was enough of an undue risk. But I watched, sat there watching in a mask the entire time. Didn't pass out. I had plenty of oxygen, so that wasn't an issue. But, God, this movie is so, so good, so funny. It gets better as it goes along. There are multiple payoffs to the script. Uh, Sean Levy, the director, brilliant work. Nothing in his background to me says, yeah, you're going to make this kind of a movie. Uh, he, let's see, what are some of the things he has done? For example, he directed Cheaper by the Dozen, as in the version with uh, Steve Martin, which is like, eh, The Pink Panther with Steve Martin, eh, uh, two of the Night at the Museum movies, which are okay, but not great, Date Night, which is okay. Which I'm kind of surprised Steve Martin wasn't in those. Yeah, yeah, seriously, Real Steel, which is okay. I mean, not bad movies, but nothing that is just like, wow. Awesome. Didn't Steve Martin play the robot in Real Steel? <laughs> he should have. I'm, I'm looking for patterns, sorry. <laughs> but this movie is brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Love this movie. I, and honestly, to me, by far, this movie is the best movie of 2021 so far because it did exactly what they wanted it to do. Exactly what they wanted. So just terrific stuff terrific stuff and excellent cast everyone does a terrific job the cameos are brilliant the (laughs) the surprise scenes are just beyond brilliant and like i said this this was worth the how much did they pay for fox four billion whatever it's worth it it's worth it for this just for this part alone they got their money's worth oh dear okay oh holy crap so funny anyway there are other films to watch for sure, and, and we'll get to more of them. But man alive, if you like Marvel films, if you like the good DC films, if you like being entertained, you have to watch Free Guy because it is excellent. But what Absolutely. if I don't like that? I'm then kidding. I'm we, going for we, a segue. We have other things to watch then. <laughs> <laughs> we have more things for you. Yeah, I guess we kind of have to go back to the Marvel thing, though. That's we what do. we got left on the script. Um, well, we got Betty White. Well, we do. But who, by the way, Ryan Reynolds is in this documentary about Betty White because really? he worked with Betty White in the proposal. I forgot about that. And it goes back to the, the Francis thing. We're, we're we're slowly working our way into the whole Golden Girls thing. And Aid, who, of course, Betty White is one of the stars of Golden Girls. There, There is a documentary on Netflix. This documentary actually 
was released in 2018. So that's last decade. But for Betty White, that's just like a blip on her life screen. Yeah. It's called Betty White, First Lady of Television. It's 57 minutes long, which is kind of an odd length because it's too long for something that was released for TV. And it's not quite 60 minutes, so an odd length, but whatever. Uh, If you... If you like Betty White at all, you have to watch this because I, I didn't know some of the things that she had done. She started off in TV, uh, actually in the 40s, for Christ's sake. Uh, she's She was hired by a DJ, as in a radio DJ, to work with him on radio. And the TV station, the local TV station, needed programming. So they said, hey, why don't you do your show on TV? So he said, okay. So they started doing this TV show. Six hours a day, five days a week. Ouch. 30 hours of television every freaking week, and they filled it, and it was popular. So if you wonder where Betty White got her chops. <laughs> That'll do it. And she said they got fan mail, and people said it's like, you know, it's like, we want to know more about what you're saying. So after the first week, they stopped playing records. They were, they were literally playing records on television because it was her. It was a radio show yeah. originally. So they stopped doing that, and then they just talked for 30 hours a week, and it was popular. And then she wound up getting her own variety show in the 50s, and it just kept on going on and on and on and on and on. And she is absolutely, like I said, the first lady of television. And and at this point, she is more than Lucille Ball, more than Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, she didn't have as big an impact at any point, but I mean – Jesus, she's been on TV for, is it six decades? Is it seven decades? I'm going to go for, yeah, seven. I think it's seven decades. So you have these, and you have interviews with people talking about the how blessed, literally, how blessed they felt to, to work with her. Sorry, we're, we're, neither of us can count. Well, I don't know if she's actually been on TV this decade. Has she been on TV in the she, 20s? She's been in a special. Okay, well, there you go. Which is insane. She's been on TV longer than cathode ray tubes. So just absolutely, absolutely crazy. Uh, And they they talk about, you know, the fact when she was once on Saturday Night Live and how that started. It actually started with just some petition on Facebook. Someone thought, oh, it'd be really cool. And Lauren Michaels saw it and said, you know what, that's not a bad idea. So she wound up on hosting Saturday Night Live, which is one of their best episodes ever because – Someone on Facebook started just like little thing. You know, it'd be really cool. And she, of course, she mentions Facebook in her opening monologue, and it's brilliant because it's Betty White. So, absolutely, she has a she has a charm to her. She has this sense of humor, great sense of comedic timing. It really comes through in all fifty-seven minutes. Some of the people that talk about Betty White have passed on, even though it was just in 2018. But Betty White is eternal. She's still with us, thank goodness. So uh, if if you like TV at all, if you're interested in comedians, if you like nice people, you should really watch Betty White, First Lady Television. Again, it's less than an hour long. It's on Netflix. You got Netflix. Come on. And if you don't have Netflix, you have have your cousin's sign-in. So watch it. (laughs) <laughs> really, yeah. really funny, really good stuff. And and it's just the, the, the genuine praise and, and love that everybody has for it. It's, and, and some of the lessons that they tell that they got from her, 
it is is wonderful and lots of really really good clips of betty being you know delivering lines like that only work because it's betty white so super funny very warm awesome show I mean, now we're going to go to a show that I don't know what you thought of it. I wasn't, I didn't, I wouldn't say it was I, awesome. I know you don't. I know you weren't, weren't impressed because I, I received a text from you in pre-pro, early pre-pro. Hi, Ted. Or pre-pro. It was last week. Um, early pre-pro. Yeah. Oh, I very, just took a sip of Diet pre-pro. Coke and I was expecting beer and that was really strange. Which the, I don't know why I was expecting beer because I poured Diet Coke. So Weird. What kind of if like, it was beer? Yeah, kind of like the show we're talking about. What if? The 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 What If TV series, which uh, if you're not familiar with the Marvel books, basically there are set storylines in the history of Marvel Comics. The What If book concept was what if this happened instead of that? What if they turned left instead of turned right? What if Iron Man painted his armor green? Would things have changed? Okay, they didn't get that benign, but they made a TV series out of it and based it on the MCU stuff, which I think, and this is animated, so don't get your hopes up that you're going to be able to see uh, the see the actors anymore. But there are very good animated versions of them. Yeah, very good animation. Well, actually, I'll, I'll rephrase well that. Done. Very well drawn. Yes. Animated, maybe. Um. I'm not a particularly big fan of it, but I did have four issues with this particular first episode. Which is, what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Is the official um, title. Yeah, Steve Rogers did uh, what he got shot before he could get the super soldier serum. Right. Don't say that three times real quick. You'll trip and everyone will get hurt. It'll be ugly. Anyway, <laughs> so they give it to it's. I keep wanting to say Sharon. Sharon's the granddaughter, Peggy Carter. Yep. And she Peggy. becomes. And this is one of the first things that irked me. Yeah. They did not make her Captain America. They made they didn't make her Captain Britain, which would have made sense because she's uh, yeah. British. They made her Captain Carter. Which well. I, I know why they didn't make her Captain Britain. I, I would have preferred they had made her Captain Britain, but they didn't make her Captain Britain because they're saving that for the Braddock character who will eventually show up in the MCU. So He's I get got it. To at some point. Yeah. But at the same time, Captain Just, Carter sounds really, really lame. Yeah. It, it doesn't have the. It doesn't have the. No whatsoever. It's just, oh, it's Captain yeah. Carter. Sounds like the sequel of Coach Carter. Which is an entirely different film. I would think. Yeah. But it, we follow uh, Captain Carter as she she goes off to fight the Nazis. Basically, picture Captain America, the first Avenger, only switch the roles of Peggy and Steve. With a lot of the same scenes. With, with a lot, which, yeah, with a lot which, of the same scenes. Which which is smart. I enjoyed um, that. I did have a couple other issues though. Like at one point, Howard Stark, yes, built an Iron Man suit for Steve. Yes, he did. He did not do that in the. Why didn't he do that in the movie? Or better yeah. yet, why did he do that here? Because that's that. That's something that irked me. Because this way, Steve has something to do. Why do they? Why does Steve need something to do? 
because he's Steve, because we need Steve Rogers to be a hero, even in this alternate world. Steve Rogers is a, a, a scrawny little dude. Yeah, that's why he needs the suit. Give him a pencil, put him at a desk. No, that's not Steve. That's Steve in this universe, in my head. Anyway, it, it irked me. Um, well, you're one wrong. of the other things, the, the <laughs> Yes. Uh, for this is uh, the character wise is the watcher if you do not know the watcher they kind of popped up in guardians watcher. of the galaxy 2 uh the local watcher lives on the blue area of the moon which for some reason has atmosphere uh don't ask it's in the comics and his job is to just watch everything he's not allowed to interfere but he also monitors uh the multiverse and all these little splinter timelines which is how he's able to narrate this indeed I did not care for the voice of the Watcher in this. Really, I liked it. I thought he was—he had a good voice for you know a Wolverine or like Sabretooth. Jeff- I like Jeffrey Wright. I like him. I, I, I mean, like him too. It just—it it, 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 in my head it didn't fit very. It, it, there's other people that it would have fit better. Stan Lee would have been better. Stan Lee would have, but he's dead. Well, yeah, that that does kind of throw a kink. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! I like Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher. I can see other people, but I believe he was, he did a very good job. He didn't do, I'm not saying he did a bad job. Right. I'm just saying it just it didn't, right. didn't quite sound right to me. Um, but here's my big thing. And I watched this episode twice trying to figure out where this particular switch happened. Mm-hmm. Because during the beginning of the story, our heroes, Peggy and Steve, who make, oh, such a cute couple, whatever. Yeah. They recovered the Tesseract. Good for them. Howard Stark has the Tesseract. They gave it to General General Misogyny, whatever his name was. <laughs> he had the Tesseract. And then all of a sudden, for absolutely no reason that I was able to figure out, oh, look, the Nazis had the Tesseract. No mention of – did you catch where it the switchover happened? Yes. Where? I missed it entirely. The, the, the train scene? Where Steve... It wasn't on the train. Yeah, it was. The Tesseract powered the Iron Man suit. So the Tesseract was in the Iron Man suit. So when Steve, and that's one of the things that they changed, is because they're doing the, the train scene from the the first Avenger, and that's how Bucky falls into the abyss. And he doesn't, I'll just say that, he, does, he doesn't hit this thing. But Steve in the Iron Man suit so does. The, the Tesseract was powering the Iron Man suit. Yeah. Yeah, somehow the Tesseract was firing the Iron Man suit. Yeah, so oh. that's how Hydra got the Tesseract back because they captured the Iron Man suit, and since they had captured the Iron the Tesseract, that's how why he needed to recharge the Iron Man suit later when they're when they're I fighting got, the I giant got the re- Hydra. Needing, needing a recharge thing, I yeah. somehow missed that the Tesseract was powering it. Which is a good throwback to the to the early Iron Man things because he was constantly having to recharge his suit. And that was one thing that pissed me off about the character when I was a little kid back in the 60s. It's like, dude, get better batteries. It's, it's been 15 thing. minutes. I need to recharge the suit. Yeah, I'm reading those now, actually. And Pract- holy cow. Practically. Happens all the time. It's like, dude, you're a brilliant scientist. Can't you? Of course, he's using a lot of power at once. So I get it. But yeah, so I thought why I he put roller skates on the bottom of the armor back in the seventies to save power. Yeah, that was, I'd like to be making was, that up. That was sad. But sadly, <laughs> you're not. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like this. I, I, it wasn't as good as what I had hoped for, 
But I really liked it. One of the things I liked about it is the fact that, with the exception, with one notable exception, which is a big exception, they got the everybody voice their characters. Everybody, yeah. which is impressive. Uh, the most impressive thing, which is coming up, because this week we're going to get the next episode. This shows up on Wednesday, and this is going to be what if T'Challa became Star-Lord instead of the Black Panther? And we talked about this before, that Chadwick Boseman uh, recorded the role. uh, I've read, and I don't know if this is accurate, but I've read that he actually shows up in four of these episodes. And they got all of the work done. Yeah, I've I've read that as well, and that is surprising. Right. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so I, I I have a feeling this episode will be even better than this, uh, and I know you are very hopeful that it will be because you didn't like this episode that much. It, it just, I, I'm going to also admit, Captain America: The First Avenger didn't do a whole hell of a lot for me. Ah, see, and uh, to me that is like the second best Marvel film. I love the fact that it sets. It's not the first Marvel film, but to me it sets up the Marvel universe more than Iron Man, and. I almost called him Steve Rogers because Chris Evans is freaking Steve Rogers and oh, he is Captain America. And he nails that. And just it, it's I'm not it, saying it was a bad movie. I'm just saying that. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, we all like things at different levels. Totally. Yeah. But he gives the best performance in a comic book film since a, a certain gentleman by the name of Chris played Superman back in the 70s. Because no one has been able to nail that character since then. Nobody. And no one is going to be able to nail Captain America except Chris Evans. So uh, so I've so which would make sense if you don't like that film as much as right. I did. You're not going to like this because this is this is that movie, but redone with one change. It's the same film, just with the change of Peggy becomes Captain Carter instead of Steve becoming Captain America. I still wanted to have a better name. Yeah, and I agree. And I can see why they're saving Captain Britain. Although to me, it's like, well, she could be kept. She could have been Captain Britain. She could have been Captain America. Why not? And keep on going. Because she's not American. I know she's British. Because she's not. She's not American. She can't. Doesn't stop people from saying that the guy who owns Fox News is a great American, even though he's from Australia. And he's. He's. Yeah. Not. Um, Yeah, he's not. But I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it more than you did. Yeah. But even you would say this is worth watching, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was still fun. I And I'm going to go back and watch it a third time and figure out where the Tesseract got put in the Iron Man suit because I missed that. <laughs> and I really like Haley Atwell. I think she's an excellent actress and she does it like everybody does a great job in this in the voice work. And the person who does play Steve does a very good job because if you don't really, really you're not going to notice that it's that it's not Chris Evans. You no. Won't. So I didn't. Good stuff. good stuff. Good stuff. So see, we've got lots of good stuff for you to watch, except maybe Luca, unless you want to watch it, The Little Mermaid again, only this time with boys, oh, you, as opposed you know to what? Captain America, this time with a girl. Hmm. So anyway, COVID still exists. It's not a good idea to go outside without a mask. But if you're going to go to the theater, wear your mask. Get vaccinated. It's good for you. Otherwise, stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. 
I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Holy crimson skies of death!